How's it going, everybody? Austin Wiggins here with another episode of Off the Cuff. And man, today's episode, we're going deep. That's all I got to say. We are going deep. This is no doubt a life episode. And the person I'm meeting with is Pam Rutland, and she's a teacher. And that's actually how I met Pam. Uh, my wife, uh, Avery, the, they teach together at the same school. And Avery told me about Pam and her story and what she had to overcome and how she did that and different the, the, the different methods of which she did that. Um, and just we talk about the importance of positivity and smiles and just how r- truly important community is and has always been and kindness and how it's, you know, in love and all these things seem obvious, but it's, you know, really a lot of people I think take for granted or underestimate the power of these things. And uh, we really talk, we talk about that. And uh, we also talk about, you know, get to know Pam a little bit as a person. And she's she loves tennis, and she loves her family, and she loves God, and she loves, you know, just all things teaching. And, you know, we really, we, it's a really fun conversation. I'm so glad to have you guys with us. So buckle up. Here we go. Well, Pam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I want to just first start out by saying it is a beautiful day. I mean, I thought it was going to be raining on a couple hours ago. It kind of did sprinkle a little bit. So I'm I'm thankful that it's beautiful out here. So uh, what do you have to say about where we are and kind of, you know, I guess the first question is, who is Pam? Oh, my. And that's always the big one. I know. I <laughs> that try is to, a big one. I open it. I keep um, it wide open for that, that first question. That is very wide open. Um, I'm a mom, a wife. A teacher, um, born again believer. There you go. Um, somebody who likes to smile and likes to see people smile. That's my favorite thing. Absolutely. What a world! What a world would we live in if there was if no one smiled? Oh, I, I did not do well during COVID when people were had to wear masks. Oh my gosh! It was not good for me. I need to see. Yeah. I need to see other people smile, and I need other people to see me smile. Absolutely. And people, yeah. I love people had the. It was kind of creepy, but people had the masks with the with the smiles on them. You know. Oh, yeah. Those were they, interesting. They, I, I, I got people. I got what people were trying to do, but they did creep me out a little bit with the with the face. Yes. The mouth. I have a clear mask. Okay, so that's so good. See, that's could, a much better approach. So you can see my smile. I like that approach a whole lot better. So, so okay, so we know. The, so that and that's frankly how we met. Let's talk about that too. Like so, how I you know came to have how you came to be on the show um, was because you're a teacher. My wife is a teacher at the at the same school that you guys yes. work at. So that's mm-hmm. how I met you and. You know, since I've started this podcast, I've just, you know, I've been going to people that I do know and have known for a long period of time. But I also ask people in my network, who do you know that might be interesting or might have an impactful story or wants to share something about their life um, at, at a large or lar- a small or large scale? You know, this is anybody can come on and I want to talk to everybody. I want to meet as many different types of people as possible. Um, and then my wife, Avery, recommended you because of all she said was that you had overcome a lot of um tough things and we'll get into that and that you had found uh, sort of a some life change or you found some impact you were able to find um healing i guess you'd say through tiktok and connecting with other people and all this originated through the COVID era which you know so we got a lot to talk about all i mean right. i want to unpack all that before we get into there where are we at and why are we here we are at um etowah park and here at the park we have baseball fields a park um 
tennis courts, which is my favorite thing here. There's a skate park and the senior center, which although I'm not a senior, I've spent a lot of time in there. Mm. So this is one of my favorite places to be. So yeah, and for so we are in Rome, Georgia. Mm. I've, I've recorded several episodes in different states, or at least Alabama, okay. Georgia. I, I was going to record one in Michigan, but that wound up getting postponed. We're going to do that remotely. But um, so, but this is the audience is not just a local audience, okay. but, but but for the people, if you're listening to this in Quebec, you know who knows. We it is a beautiful park here in the town that we're, we both live, and um, it's I actually played baseball here as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. You so know. did my kids. So well, there you go. And uh, I got out of baseball. I didn't. By no means did I pursue that. Right. <laughs> but you know, as a kid, it was a lot of fun. But. Um, but yes, it's a beautiful day. We're sitting at a park. We're sitting at a picnic table just outside the park by the parking lot. We've got some beautiful shade from these nice looking trees above us. And uh, great breeze, great breeze. And then hopefully we'll hear some birds chirping. And, you know, because that's what this is off the cuff. We love being love being in nature. I mean, the, the artwork on the podcast is literally a microphone in a sunflower field. You know, ah, that's uh-huh. what the, the whole thing's about, being one with nature and you know, sunshine and light, that kind of thing. So, well, very cool. But yes, and so you specifically said, that you when I called you and said, hey, where would you want to meet? Um, I like to meet places that's significant to the to the guest. And you said that you play tennis. And I said, well, let's meet somewhere that has a tennis court that you play. And so that begs my next question is, tell me about tennis and what, you know, what, can you, you play tennis. I know you said that you play tennis. Yes. What do you love about tennis? Um, it's it's fun. I, I play tennis socially. I am probably the worst player in Rome, Georgia, but I have more fun than any tennis player in Rome, Georgia, because I laugh. I laugh a lot, and I invite people to come watch so that they can laugh too. But we, I started playing tennis because my son, in fifth grade, decided he didn't want to play baseball anymore, and we told him he had to pick up a spring sport, so he picked up tennis. We knew nothing about tennis, so watching him, we would go to his matches, his tournaments, not really knowing what was going on. So I decided, my husband and I decided we needed to learn how to play. So we would learn, have to learn what was going on. So I have just kept it up. I play with a group of ladies on Monday nights. Um, and well, we drill, we don't play a lot of matches right now, mm-hmm. but I have been on leagues, you know, been on teams in leagues. And like I said, I'm not very good. I'm the lowest rank you can be, but I'm perfectly fine with that. And have a lot of fun. Well, there you go. Well, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's <laughs> what, I mean, heck, you don't have to be a professional tennis player to have fun playing. Yes. And a lot of people do. It's very social. It's a very social game. I've heard them out. I don't play myself, but I know a lot of people that do. And um, big, you know, pretty much every city seems like has a culture around tennis. Like tennis right. culture seems to be pretty mm-hmm. prominent across the country. And of course you have pickleball, which is kind of taken, yes. taken over. Everybody's just, all I hear about is pickleball. I've not, I've not ventured into pickleball just yet. Yeah, I played it one time, and my problem is I'm so, I'm so uncompetitive or non-competitive that I can't. I just have a hard time with sports in general because I don't care if I win, lose, <laughs> if I move, if I don't move, if I reach, if I just sit and look at the birds chirp while everybody else around me is trying to win. I have no competitive nature, so I just that's why I just don't play sports. Um, don't really get into it, but. Um, but, I like to win. I just don't do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing. I, I do, you know, disc golf. I have played disc golf. I mean, that's that's something that I had I had to give up that mostly because it just became too much of a stress. <laughs> to, you know, unless you play it all the time, it be go- just like golf. It becomes very stressful. But so very cool, very cool. So, um, what's I guess before we move on from the tennis thing, like what's one of the what's one of the main takeaways you've had from from sort of this 
because other than tennis, do you have any, like, what did you do before that, before you met, found tennis that was like, like, what did you do before tennis? Um, I love to read. Yep. I do that a lot still. Um, but mainly, I love watching my kids do their thing. Now, they're they're older now. My daughter is this, will be a senior at Troy University. My son will be a senior at Model High School. And I, she danced. I loved watching her dance and watching her cheer. And Sam used to play basketball and baseball. And now he does play tennis. So really, that's what I did in okay. my spare time. So your, your kids, so now you're saying you're basically starting to become a little more of an empty nester. Yes, getting close to that. Getting so. close to that phase. And you're so you're now more focused on what can you do to more bring more fulfillment outside of your kids. That's very interesting. Yes. Which a lot of people do. I mean, that's that's definitely a phase. That's a definitely it a, is. And a lot of parents, most all parents go through, you know. That's very interesting. So, very cool. Well, tennis is a good one. Yes, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, very cool. So, let's ta- kind of talk about, get into the main topic of, now, what would you want to talk about? Kind of, let's talk about the TikTok. Okay. And when, <laughs> let's start with that. And then when you got involved with TikTok and why you got involved with TikTok. And then just the evolution of it and then what it became okay. due to unforeseen circumstances that I'd love for you to touch on. Okay. Um, I, my, my daughter was a senior during COVID, a senior in high school during COVID, and was very much into TikTok and started teaching me the TikTok dances. And I said, well, I want to record some. So we created a TikTok account for myself and I started dancing. I'm not a dancer. It was strictly just for fun. And then I started watching more TikTok um, and following different people and then um, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2021, and I started telling my story probably mostly last year. Some this year was when I became ready to tell my story, but I wanted it for my kids to always be able to to see what my struggles, my triumphs, all that. So I just started telling my story about cancer on TikTok, and then watching TikTok, um, I started seeing all these teachers who were telling why they were leaving the profession and what was bad about being a teacher. And fortunately for me, I don't work at a school with people like that. Um, Avery knows we work at a very happy school. And I wanted to put that out there and show the happy stuff. So uh, my friend Shauna Williams, who is a kindergarten teacher, we started interviewing, doing interviews for people at school, like shock them. You know, we just come up, you know, knock on the door. Hey, we need to ask you something. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes the teachers would just run when they saw both of us. But most of the time, you know, they would participate. And it's just, it's, it's a hobby. It's fun. Thank and you. right now I've started a, um, I started the 150 envelope challenge where we numbered envelopes, one through 150. And every Sunday, my husband and I pull out three envelopes. And whatever number's on there, we put that much cash in it. So we've done it for five weeks now. So we've got just over $500 saved and I'm doing those every Sunday. I'll make a TikTok of how much we've saved and the numbers I have to fill up. So it's just a hobby, something fun to do. So what did, I guess, how did TikTok, what was the, what was the, how did TikTok most impact your story, your life? I guess you said like, how did it help you? Um, well, I guess what was the most surprising thing throughout your TikTok journey in, in help and telling your story? What was the, what's the, the most, the thing you just didn't expect? Um, the encouragement and the support of total strangers from all over. I mean, who knows? They could be all over the world, you know, 
things show up on your For You page. And I think I showed up on some people's For You page talking about my cancer and their encouragement and them thanking me for sharing my story. So that was, you know, that's been very surprising. Well, and, and I love people. I mean, I've, I've not had cancer or any major medical issues or anything like that in my life. But it's but when I, I have done, I've worked with people that have had gone through these types of things. I've made a documentary about, um, and this was actually one of the podcasts before, was posted, I think, episode four or five. Um, did a 40-minute documentary about a lady named Nancy, and she was... Uh, one of the one of the first double, heart double lung kidney tr- recipients at UAB Hospital, oh. and so I and I you know, directed and you know created that film with with her husband. She had passed away, and so that was a probably a, and, and hearing her story and some of the, and the people that I met in that process. Um, I, her story is very similar to yours in regarding her attitude. You know, I think that's so people are drawn to that, and so many people. Um, when you can have trauma happen or you can have tragedy happen or um, a diagnosis that you weren't expecting hap- you know, come into your life and you're able to maintain, like you said, you love pe- seeing people smile. When you can wake up every day or majority of days and be mostly, you can expel positivity. You know, and there's struggle. I mean, there's no, you're not going to wake up and smile and say it's all good every day, every minute of every day. But when people see a smile, on, you know, especially when you go through that or you say, see your TikTok, I mean, the, the, the lives, whether it be five lives or a million lives, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like right. the, the impact that you, you, you must have had on so many people, you know, or even not even necessarily focusing on the numbers, but on people in general is just something that people see that. And I think that's something that's why I was drawn to this conversation because of positivity in the face of turmoil or right. difficulty. Um, what would you say to someone, maybe somebody either listening to this or, you know, could be listening to this episode 10 years from now. I mean, right now I don't have a big following, you know, that I'm aware of, but I'm assuming or hoping one day maybe that this could reach a lot more people than it is now. And, and you know, and so who would, what would you say 10 years from now, somebody listening to this episode, you know, they've, we've reached the different parts of the country and, you know, throughout your whole process, what would your biggest takeaway and like, what would you, word of encouragement to somebody? Well, one thing that um, my husband was, he played such a, a, a key role in my positivity. He, um, everywhere you go, somebody wants to tell you their story. Good, bad, ugly, they want to tell you their story. And it got to the point where Judd would just, if somebody was starting a story, he would stop them and say, hey, does this story have a happy ending? And if it did, okay, tell us your story. If it didn't, we don't want to hear it. You know, we just, we want to hear positive. We don't want to hear that your second cousin's great aunt twice removed or whatever had cancer and died. You know, she died of breast cancer. She fought so hard, but she died. We don't want to hear that. We didn't, we just didn't let that in. We didn't let those words into our life Mm. at all. And actually right after I was diagnosed, a friend of a friend, um, sent me a block of wood that said, I got this, God, like God had written me a note. And it sat by my television every day. I looked at it, I would have the TV on and I would, if I couldn't get out of bed, you know, I looked at this, actually um, got it tattooed on my arm. (laughs) It says, I got this, God, in typewriter font. And he so had me. That's, I don't know how people who are not believers 
make it through something like that because he he did he healed me the whole way there were terrible days awful days but um i didn't post those you know a lot of people say they just post their happy stuff and pretty much that's what i did too i had terrible days i had days where i couldn't stand up to walk to the bathroom judd would have to hold me and he'd have to hold my head up and and i, I just i don't like to think about those days oh, yeah. i like to think about the days when people i would get a card in the mail or somebody would bring me dinner bring our family dinner and I, I had a great support system. I just, I, had, I tell people, if you can have a good experience with breast cancer, I, did, I had it. I had um, such amazing support. Uh, my physicians were awesome. It's, don't give up. Look for the bright side. If you look for the good, you'll find the good. If you look for the bad, you'll find the bad. So my suggestion is look for the good, always. Yeah, and that's something, I mean, that's something I've, I've heard many times is just your, your, the power of your, what your mind has so much power over your, 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 even your physical state. You know, you can, if you, if you wake up, I did an episode with, I think it was one of my, the chiropractor I talked with. It was just like, it might've been somebody else. They were like, if you wake up every day and you say, I'm going to be sick today, you're going to be sick. If you wake up and exactly. you're like, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to, you know, you're going to, you're, you, you really have control a lot more control than people believe in themselves. Exactly. You know, is, um, and I think that's critical too. It's like your attitude with your, with everything in life is so critical um, because nobody has perfection in any aspect of their life that they can, you know, and, um, and, I, and what's crazy though is that I talk about this a lot with friends and family is like culture is so, when you really think about it, so much of culture the people that the powers that be, the people that, you know, put stuff on the TVs and the billboards and the, you know, how much of that is incentivized by you go out and spend money? Right. I mean, or since or keep watching this, because the longer you watch, the more money I'm going to make, you know. So it's like I just I think that's people because I have a background in marketing and that kind of thing. And so I know at a fairly high level what goes into this stuff and all this, you know, and it's just, I don't know exactly where I'm going with this, frankly. I just, it's something that I'm, I'm kind of semi-passionate about is just like, is it how, I don't know, it's just, it's, it bothers me sometimes when I think about it too long that it's like, if you get up and you're, I may have to cut this out because I don't even know what I'm talking about to this point. I've lost it. Your at, but your attitude is everything. <laughs> yes, your attitude is. is everything. Your attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. Um, and okay, I know where I was going with it. It's just don't let society define your happiness. Exactly. I'm sorry. So yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so, right. I knew I knew where I was going with it. But I couldn't <laughs> quite put my finger on it, but because society is incentivized for you to not be happy. Exactly. Um, and that I think is a key. That is the sooner you can figure that out and 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 conquer that, the sooner you're going to wake up every day and realize it's actually not that bad. Right. Really. Um, well, that's how I feel about, you know, when I started TikTok and when I see the, the teachers leaving in droves and posting about why they're leaving the field of education because they're unhappy. A lot of it, I think, is on them. Yes. Is there a lot on our plates? Yes. Are we asked to do a lot? Yes. But at the end of the day, I get to teach kids how to read. I get to teach kids how to do math. I get to make a difference in somebody's life. And that makes me happy. And I could just sit and let everything just 
pile up and make me miserable. But that's not who I am. I don't, I don't want to be miserable. So I try not to let things get me down. And I work with so many people that are exactly that way. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just, I just have fun, make it fun. Well, and so much, I mean, happiness, I've heard, they say people say happiness is a choice. And I, you know, I think that's true in a lot of cases, but some days it's a hard choice. Uh, yes. Some days it's not like you can just wake up and be like, okay, I'm happy today. Right. I mean, it, it is a choice in many respects. You can choose to see the light. You can choose to see the darkness. You can choose to see the glass half full, half empty, broken, shattered. You know, if it's shattered, here's my super glue to put this thing back together. Right. You know, it's it's up to your perspective and what, but but it is not an always an easy choice. Right. You know, that's what I think is critical. Um, and so I love what you did with TikTok and you know a lot of people. You know, TikTok has its stigmas. You know, right. <laughs> you know it's definitely the news and isn't that, but you know, but just social media in general. Um, and I've had several conversations about social media and it has, you know, pros and it has cons and everything. Everything's a double-edged sword. Everything, everything. has evil. Everything mm-hmm. has, you know, kindness and, and love. Um, but what you've, what you've done with that has just been so, I mean, I can't imagine how inspiring it has been because I didn't, I didn't really know about it. I didn't even really, it was, I've only known about you even as a person recently. So mm-hmm. I wasn't a part of that. I, I don't even have, I don't even have TikTok myself, mm-hmm. you know, but it's very interesting to to see that you found um, what would you say about the healing process? Like not necessarily physically healing, but that emotional healing, that sort of spirit, you know, keeping your spirits high and getting past that. And what was like, what, what was that like? Is that something that you would say TikTok played a, your, your the TikTok adventure as it were played a role in? Well, I, you know, a lot of people, like you were talking about negative. I, I don't see a lot of the negative, the yucky stuff on TikTok. I guess it's because of what I watch. If it's, I just scroll past, but I did. There's several survivors and fighters that I follow. And I mean, it was really nice knowing that I, this, it wasn't just me. You know, there was actually another lady at school. She and I went through this together. Um, we both had breast cancer, but a little bit different. Everybody's is a little different, but knowing that I wasn't alone, that I was not the only person to ever go through this. That was, that, that was huge. And on TikTok, I saw people that were fighting just like I am. Some had the support I do, some don't. So it was, you know, but it just watching it and seeing everybody else's stories, some were a lot worse. And it made me feel blessed that, you know, hey, my, mine's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe it's worse than hers, but it's not as bad as hers. Yeah. So just having a community that of people that I know, don't really know, but, kind of, you know. Well, and community, community is so powerful. I mean, community is so essential. It has been since the dawn of time. Right. You know, there's communities just, it's, it's there. It's always has been. It's always will be, uh, you know, except unless this, you know, unless the whole world goes into virtual reality and we just be, <laughs> right. become siloed. Uh-huh. Hopefully we don't get to that point where yeah, all, you know, not. locked in our own little worlds, which is sometimes you wonder if that's where people are headed. But, um, but. But yeah, so community is so critical and family, you know, is, yeah, family's important, but not everybody has family. Not everybody has family that care about them, love them. But I also love how you can have, you can create your own family with friends, not necessarily right. blood family, but you know, and it's just, I think that's uh, something to be, uh, 
to be admired or something to 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 seek. I think people don't. I don't know. You can't. One of the, there's an Ed Sheeran song. I love Ed Sheeran, um, and he talks about this actually on his new album, a song called Curtains, and he dealt with this um, the past couple years. He's dealt with a lot of loss, like tremendous loss, uh, debilitating loss, and you know his songs about you, when you when you do want to when something bad happens to you, something terrible, you your first reaction, your first instinct is to close the curtains, just. just isolate yourself from the world and just just deal with it because you don't want to be a burden you don't you right. just want to and and the whole song's about he needs to let the sunshine in open it's time to open up the curtains and just be you know be out out of that state and i think what well, is that something that you like but when you were on your darkest days your hardest days is that something that you had to fight like you wanted to not be a burden or you didn't want to you wanted to, to isolate um, July 16th, 2021, Diagnosis Day, with D-Day. Um, it was one of the worst days of my life. Um, and I was at home, and my son was mowing the front yard. Uh, my daughter was um, reading a book or something in the living room. My husband was at work. Well, my phone rings, and it was the, um, the cancer center calling to tell me that I tested positive that I had cancer and um so I was tech I was messaging my husband so he came home from work and we kind of all my son came in my daughter was in there we all just kind of huddled together and cried for just a minute and then my son and I went into fight mode immediately and then we knew we needed to call our families and our closest friends and we couldn't decide if we wanted to tell anybody you know, yet. So we, um, we told a few people, but we kind of hid, I guess, mm. for a few days because we weren't ready to tell anybody. I don't know if in my mind I thought it would go away, but um, we prayed about it. And then we did decide to tell everybody. Um, we posted it on social media that I'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, we decided to do that because we knew the more people that heard about it, we had that many more people praying, and we were claiming that first day that that many people would see my miracle, and they did. You know, so many people have reached out to me that, you know, just when you have friends on Facebook, but they're not, you don't know them all, but um, people have reached out telling me, thank you for sharing your journey. I also have breast cancer. I just didn't want to share. I mean, it was crazy. I had three sorority sisters that were diagnosed with breast cancer about the same time I was. So um, they, after I shared, they decided to share. So it was, you know, we hid for a little bit, but then the more people that knew, the more people we had praying and the more sunshine that was coming in. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, to be, if this something, I think that's just something we all need to keep in mind is that you do have to, whether it be divorce or cancer or your dog died, you know, it could be, you know, anything. It mm -hmm. can, it's, it's important to remember that there are people there for us and that we're not a burden to people. Right. You know, um, we're, you know, we're, 
you know, there's a certain level where people can be, you know, there's a certain mentality, like sort of people rate, retain a victim mentality because of the benefits of it. And they truly can be toxic. There are, you know, instances oh, yeah. like that. But nine times out of 10, if someone's going through tra tra trauma and they just need help, no one's going to look at that and say, this is, this is such a burden. How dare you? How dare you? And if they do think that, it's actually good that you know that because then you need to get them out of right. your life. Um, so that's, but I think that's so critical people and this podcast, the whole mission behind this is community. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to create a community, you know, and everybody that's been on the show, I tell them like, look, you're part of the family now. Like this is not a one and done. If you want to come back on the show and talk about something or I would I'm going to eventually do episodes where I bring people that have been on individually, bring them together and have a lot more group conversations. Oh, that's cool. So that's what, I mean, even this, this podcast is about, is about community and building family, right. building that, when building your network and learning about different people's perspectives and walks of life and, um, you know, big or small or, you know, um, I say mundane, nobody's story is mundane, but I mean, heck, I want to talk to, I haven't talked to this person yet, but I do want to bring on somebody who's a male person. Mm -hmm. There's two uh, things, there's uh -huh. two things in this world I consider to be witchcraft and that's the, cons the uh, construction industry and the U.S. Postal Search System. <laughs> I, I can pretty much agree. We built a house four years ago, so yes. So, and, and some might say, well, that's a, mail, you know, a mailman. I mean, mm -hmm. what more mundane life you know, could you think about? But mm -hmm. I cannot wait to talk to a person in the, the postal system because uh -huh. every single house in this country gets touched by somebody every single day. Mm -hmm. Every day, every house. I mean, like, how in the world is that even possible and be organized and timely, even though I know the... There's delays and people have this and that to say about... But the, it blows my mind, yes. But if you think mm -hmm. about it, I'm the one of these people, I have to rein myself in because I'll look at that playground right there and I'll sit and think about somebody had to build that, had to design that, had to get approval to, for, to fund that. I mean, I look at a, a transfer truck driving by and I'm like, how many millions or thousands of parts are involved in the getting the contact, content in that truck from point A to point B? And I, I just do. My mind goes there. <laughs> Like, I have to rein it in. So that's why I love this podcast is I get to dive into what many might consider the right. mundane and reveal the complexity right. of every single person, everyone's story, everyone's job, passion, interest, hobby, etc. Right. So anyway, I know I kind of digressed a little bit there, but that's just, you got me on a roll. <laughs> but, um, but so TikTok. So what would you say, I guess, where are we at now? So you said it was, you said D-Day. I never heard that before, mm -hmm. but um, diagnosis day, July 16th, 2021, you said? Yes. So now we are, it's June, 2023. So about basically two years. Yes. Almost exactly two Almost years. Two years. Where are we at now? I, I currently do not have cancer. I am taking um, chemo medicine. I'll take one of them for two years and one for five years. It's just to, pre it's pre preventative. I have, um, MRI, I have an MRI, breast MRI in July, and then in January, I'll have a mammogram, and then next year. So I have, every six months, I have imaging done. So um, I do the MRIs because um, the type of cancer that I had was not found on a mammogram because I do have, I've always had my yearly mammograms, and I encourage everybody to do that. I um, also did self-exams is how I found mine, and I encourage those. Um, what I do is my birthday is on um, the 26th of November, so the 26th of every month I do a self-check exam. So I think that is a 
easy reminder for everybody to do, but um, I'm just in, I'm not in cure mode yet. I'm not officially cured. Um, that happens at, after five years. Okay. So, but I am um, doing great. I feel good. I'm able to exercise and play tennis and go on vacation and do fun stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, at the end of the day, life, long, long life is, is kind of an illusion. I mean, we don't mm -hmm. know if we're going to live three days. I mean, we, exactly. You, know, you never know. If you got cancer, if you perfectly healthy and get mm -hmm. hit by a semi-truck. Right. You just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a day by day. Every, it's day by day. And you could be perfectly healthy or on knocking on death's door and, you know, still... You just don't know. We it's don't impossible know to know. Right. It's impossible to know. And, and someone, this is somebody told, I forgot where, but I heard this, but it's pretty, um, be kind because everyone, everyone is fighting a battle that you don't know about. Right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's how I like, I truly perceive, I truly, when I wake up, I do, I believe that. If someone cuts me off in traffic, like I literally be like, I'm my, I, I don't have road rage or anything like that. I just like, I immediately think, you know, what's happening in this person's life that's caused them to, you know, be this way or, or you know, I, and I, I don't, I, I feel like if you have that mentality, whether or not they're just mean people, you know, they may just be broad and mean, meanies, but I feel like if you have that mentality, it saves a lot of stress. It saves a lot of like, I'd, I'd almost never get angry. And that's just because I literally live by that. I'm like, you know, every, because everyone, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual mm -hmm. everybody's fighting at least one battle that's oh, probably definitely. about to snap snap them in half you know at least if you're into adulthood i mean i guess there's a certain level where you know there's a certain point where yes maybe you've gone 18 20 25 years where you've not really had any tragedy happen, but eventually it's gonna happen oh, something's yeah. gonna happen um and i think and it's a shame that people society has made it such a taboo and so it's very taboo, at least in this country, it's very taboo to feel like you need help. Oh, yeah. Um, and in other nations, it's not like that. I mean, like you think about like, um, you know, more like Latin America or, or Central American companies, families. Mm -hmm. It's all about community. I mean, you don't even leave your your family, you, you know, until you're really married, until you're married and on your own. I mean, mm -hmm. it's designed to, you're, you're supposed to be supported. You know, until you can't, you don't need that support right. in your own family. And it's just like this, this American pride and this and the American dream. It's like, we're tough and we go out there. We don't need help. You know, and, and I get the, the, you know, the thought process behind that. And, but it's, but it's led to a lot of this, like, oh, if I need help, I'm a failure. Oh, if I need to call my friend and say, I need to cry on the phone with you. I'm a failure. Oh yeah. It was hard uh, to accept some friends put together a meal train, um, after my diagnosis, when I started my chemotherapy, it was at first extremely difficult for me to accept that people wanted to bring food to my, you know, bring, bring food in. But I realized I love to help people. I love, it brings me joy. And so we talked about it and I'm like, well, this is going to be their joy. This, they can't cure my cancer. They can't take it away, but they can take away the stress of me being able to provide food for my family. Um, Avery actually brought, she brought us food one day and so many people, you know, three days a week for about two months, we had food at my house so that Judd wouldn't have to worry about cooking and I wouldn't have to worry about my kids and family being fed. So it was hard at first to accept help, but I did and I'm so glad that I did. 
Well, and oftentimes too, I think you can see it almost as a, it's a reflection of yourself and you can kind of hit on it. It's like you're hardly having a hard time accepting help or accepting this, but really at the end of the day, what do unto others is you do to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. It's the golden rule. It's like if you, odds are, if you have people flooding to your doorstep to help you, odds are you have either fit, literally or metaphorically been at their doorstep at some point in the right. past. And all, it's a reflection. It's your, it's what you're receiving is, you probably don't even realize it. You know, not necessarily just you, but people in general don't realize the impact. Just walking out of your house smiling every day. Mm -hmm. If you just walk out of your house, you make one person smile in a day. If you just smile um, and genuinely care about making someone impacting someone's life holding a door at this at the at a, at a coffee shop for somebody right. or just you know smile it's like those to you it's probably nothing to you it's or a lot of people it's probably oh, just whatever but to that that might be the only time that entire week that somebody smile. was kind to them right and it's just a, it's when people are flooding to you it's a reflection of how they perceive you in their life is what I, I believe, you know, and right. um, and I just I think that's something people because that is so common. People hate to to go for help. They hate to call. It. They think therapies. I'm a failure, and it's so so not true. Not at all. The strongest people, the most successful people, have the biggest support culture in their life. I mean, like I think CEOs. I mean, they and the CEOs are people that are you know pastors or people that are you know they're they have support people. They they. It's they have coaches like um, the I think is it Phelps not Phelps what's the the tennis player um, the famous real real t famous tennis player um, female is a guy like the best guy like Federer uh huh Roger Federer Roger Federer mm -hmm. he you would he has a coach you know I mean I read an article about it you know it's like it's like people like what these highest paid highest skilled athletes have coaches. They have teams of mentors and coaches and trainers. And that's why they're great. They're not great because they refuse help or refuse right. to, they just lock themselves in a basement and hit tennis balls up against a concrete wall all day long. You know, so anyway, and I know I'm, <laughs> you've got me going, you got, you got me going on this one. I'm like, but oh my gosh. So gosh, I love this conversation. Absolutely love this. And it's so amazing to hear where you are with it where you've come and you know the, how you found community through social media and wow so that's awesome i've been blessed i've been very blessed this is an amazing i mean amazing story and and and, and amazing conversation i'm just i'm impacted hearing this conversation like i'm you know this is um this is something else this is something else and i, I would i always love to talk about to anytime i have a teacher on i've had college professors right a college teacher and several other teachers i always love to hear especially in 2023 and you kind of touched on it a little bit what's the perspective of like where are we at today with you know kids and because you hear a lot of people talk about how you know millennials gen z gen alpha which is a lot of people don't know but that's gen, gen alpha is the new is the current oh okay um, if you were that you know they kind of started back at the top with the sort of the I guess that's, is it? The Greek alphabet. The Greek alphabet, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So now we're at Gen Alpha from born approximately from uh, 2020 on. It was about the cutoff. Because it's like, 
there's no set date on like generations, but it's typically 20 years, like I think 80 to 2000 was millennials, 2000 to 2020 was Gen Z, now 2020 we're at like Gen Alpha. Okay. So basically Gen Alpha is coming up just within a couple of years will be at y'all's school, which you guys are pre-K through fifth, sixth, fourth. Fifth, okay, pre-K through, pre through fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So you guys are about to have Gen Alpha literally in your walls. You know, which is crazy that to is think crazy. about. It's crazy. You know, it's just as crazy to think millennials are the majority of the workforce in this country mm -hmm. now, which is crazy to think. Which I'm a, gen, I'm a millennial, um, which is AKA Gen Y, uh, or Gen X, Y, yeah, Gen Y. Um, so what's that like just from your perspective, and you touched on a little bit, but like just education, how, just teaching a kid to read. I mean, just to, let's break it down just that. Teaching a kid to read. What is that like? Because a lot of those kids don't want to learn how to read. I'm sure. I haven't, uh, thankfully, I haven't been around or been in contact with too many that don't want to. You know, I, they're still little. They're still, yeah. they want to, through fourth grade, they, they want to impress their teacher. They okay, want their so teacher they... to be proud of them. Okay. So, thankfully, now my first four years of teaching, um, I started teaching in 1999, and I taught in a high school in Alabama, which is no longer there. It, um, they consolidated three high schools and mine was one of the, or the one where I taught was consolidated and that was a little different. Um, but that's the reason I'm teaching elementary now. I had students in ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th grade who couldn't read. They um, had just been passed along and it drove me crazy because I could help them, but then there were no books that they could read on their level that were interesting to them. So I decided to that I wanted to become an elementary school teacher so that I could teach kids to read. And um, one of the biggest blessings of my life. So, but thankfully I don't encounter too many kids that don't want to read. Um, they some, some of my fourth graders act like they don't want to, but they do. Well, let me rephrase it. Let me, I, I guess you might have a kid that doesn't want to wake up for nap. Uh-huh. You know, or something like, I guess what I'm getting at is you have teachers and you have instructors. I feel right. Like I've been told that I'm kind of a good instructor because I, I can, somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to learn how to do X, Y, Z on a computer. Mm-hmm. I can instruct, I can instruct them fairly well how to do that. But the difference in an instructor, at least in my book, and in a teacher is a teacher can, can lead children or teens or really anyone. Mm-hmm to learn who doesn't wake up every day saying, oh my gosh, I want to learn this. Right. And I think that's what's critical and that's what's so valuable in the teachers is like they're not teaching, they're not generally teaching individuals that wake up every day excited to learn. Now, right. in your case, maybe that's, <laughs> it sounds like you have had quite a good experience and relatively a lot of that has, but how, how do teachers in today's day, in like 2023, approach that as like this kid just does not want to, to, to learn. They don't want to wake up from nap. They don't want to blah, blah, blah. How do you lead that? How do you teach that, you know? Well, the biggest thing, um, well, there's two things. Um, you have to build rapport with students and they have to know that you love them before they could care less about anything you're going to teach them. If they don't think you love them and care about them, you're going to get nowhere with them. And, um, the next thing is high expectations. My students know, and I think it's a school-wide thing where we teach, our students know we set expectations pretty high and they know that we're going to be with them 
and help them until they reach those expectations. We um, set expectations and don't take excuses. You know, um, kids will come to me and say, I didn't do my homework because I had a baseball game. Well, did your baseball game start at 3.30 and get over at 8.30? Well, no, ma'am, it didn't start until 7. Well, what did you do? You know, so we don't take excuses, you know, or I don't take excuses. And the upper grades that I work with, they don't take excuses, but we do. We, um, all of our students know that we love them or my students know that I love them and they know I have expectations for them. And they understand the expectations and why I have those expectations. So communication is huge. Even with Avery's little four-year-olds, um, you just have to communicate and they have to know that they're loved. It's a big deal. And isn't that true in all, in all walks of life? Honestly, when you think of when you boil it down, everyone wants to feel loved mm -hmm. and without communication, you can't do anything. No. You know, I don't care if you're four-year-olds or you're, you know, running a retirement home with, you know, 85-year-old Right. 90 year old people. They need, there needs to be communication and, and everyone needs to feel loved. And it just, is it just, is it just, I don't know, is there, is there, in today's day, is that, is that dying? Do people just not value love anymore? I don't know. Is that like, do you think I that's, not. or just underestimate it or just think that it's medicine is the answer or that buying this car is the answer or buying this big house is the answer versus just really love, like, you know, just love people. Well, I think social media plays a role in that, too. The, be the, the negative side of social media, they don't, you know, a lot of people don't just post about their family and oh, yeah. what they, they post about what they have. I love my new boat. I love my new car and whatever. Not, you know, I love my best friend. I love my husband, you know. Yeah. And I, somebody, I was at a, a, an event a few weeks ago and somebody made a, such a profound comment I don't even know if it was their they, something that they, their quote or what, but they said he got he got off social media because he got tired of comparing everyone's um, highlight with his behind the scenes. Oh, that's that's pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> and I was floored by that because it's true. Nobody puts, hey, I got sick today, you know, had to go to the restroom four times because I had bad you know uh -huh. food poisoning <laughs> right you're not gonna they're you gonna know, be right. posting about them on their on the beach or their uh you know the mountain vacation or like you said the boat and you got a new boat but you know but we don't see the behind the scenes right. all you see is that but we do see our own behind the scenes mm -hmm. and i was like golly what that's what a profound yeah, comment profound. that was and that is so true and i don't want to poo-poo social media and never do i but it's not just social media it's the world. I mean, that's how the world works. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're just talking to somebody at church. That's true. If you're talking to somebody at the water fountain at work, they're, I mean, they're going to tell you about the good stuff. You know, social media is just a new form of what's always been there. It's right. just more widespread, more, mm -hmm. more, more visible. Mm -hmm. um, but that's so that, but I, but I, I think that's critical too. You know, that's something they said that I just had to share that because you, you made me think about that because that was like, man. And, not to say people shouldn't be excited about what they've got going on, but also be aware right. of, of, you know, by posting this or by saying this, how could this make someone else feel? Mm. I don't think I don't think people do. I feel like we're in a we're at a point in time, and maybe this always been like this, where people just aren't they're not sitting back long enough and wondering about the consequences or not they're not thinking things through. They're like, if I say this or I do this, what's it going to do to this person or this right. group of people? 
they're just posting because they want the clicks they want the views very shallow stuff it's like oh i just wanted to post a funny picture or a fun picture of my family at the beach well does the world really need to know that right you know does is it critical that the world knows that you're at the beach with your family. I'm not, I'm, this is just a I question. I don't know, right. I'm posing a question. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't have beliefs or opinions, but it's just, it's an interesting study. You know, what kind of, there was another quote somebody said, um, I saw on a poster in college, it said, we're, um, one day we'll live in a world where we're all famous, where everyone is famous. And we're there. Whether you have one fan or a million fans, mm-hmm. there's people in your life that know you that you don't know. Right. Because of social media. And it's very, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So I'm just I'm very curious where we're going with this. But it, I love the thought, bringing it back to you, though, is it is a powerful tool for good as well. And right. you've used it for that. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by your story. We're actually, we're coming up to time. Um, but I'm, I'm just blown away by your story. And this whole conversation has just triggered so many things in me. And I'm just like, I, I didn't even, you know, have any of this plan. Though, of course, we never do. <laughs> right. I'm just like, but this has just triggered so many different things. Um, I guess... How would you sum everything up? Like, and just as a teacher in 2023, as a cancer survivor, 2023, as a, someone who's utilizing social media and modern technology for good versus evil. I know that's a big, that's a lot. <laughs> but how do you, like, what, it, whether it be a one word, let's just make it in social media. If you could sort of put it in a tweet, you know, what, if you could tweet, you know, just a short statement. Like, what's your summary? How would you summarize all this from what you've seen in your life and just the world in general? Like, in your communities? Look for your silver linings. Everything's, everybody has a, a dark cloud, but everybody also has a silver lining. So look for your silver linings. Smile about them, be happy. I love that. Absolutely love that. So, gosh, I can seriously sit <laughs> and that's what it's all. I try to keep these around an hour, you know, uh-huh. but gosh, it's, I could sit and talk for four hours with every, everybody I bring on. Uh-huh. So I always have to rein it in towards the end, but I'm like, so, Man, what a what a powerful, powerful story and narrative that is. Like, what, um, gosh, like, how have you seen, like, do you have any stories about, like, just one particular story that you just remember that just really just sticks, like, an a, a, a interaction you have with a person that, you know, is there something that's just sticky at the top of your mind that just one thing that, because a lot of times when people go through tragedy, there's always something, if you have a positive attitude, you're like, I'm kind of glad I went through that because of this, because I was able to help this person and I impacted this person. Do you have that kind of, anything like that? Um, one thing, and I don't even know the lady, if she were to come sit by me, I wouldn't probably recognize her. But the day that I rang the bell for my last chemo treatment, um, we were, um, my daughter and son, my husband were there. One of my great friends was there to video everything. We were walking out of the um, cancer center and some, I think my husband was playing that, you can ring my bell, you know, because I just rang the bell. Yeah. Well, there was, we were all dancing. I had a crown on. We were having fun. And there was a lady that was walking out who was almost in tears, who I think had just set up her first um, chemo treatment. And she was just looking at me with tears in her eyes. And I looked at her and I just said, you're going to be here before you know it it's going to be okay. And you could just see a relief on her face. And I thought, well, maybe that's why I went through it. So I could be, you know, see this one lady at this specific time. So it was kind of really cool to 
yep. give her a little bit of relief that it is going to be okay. And she's going to be dancing out after she rings her bell. And to clarify, so what is the bell exactly? You may have speci- you may have mentioned it, but touch on that. So what does that actually mean? Um, What's the culture behind that? That's uh, when you have your last chemo treatment, they have a bell. Um, and they had it. I also had it after my last radiation treatment. Um, it's just a big celebration. You go ring the bell. Is that something like specific to that hospital, or is that just something I they do culturally? I think it's like nationwide. Nationwide. Pretty widespread. That's yes, cool. I, I think everybody that. does that. So huh. it was, and it would be really cool and encouraging to me when I would be sitting there getting my chemo, and somebody would ring the bell. Huh. I would be like, "Yes, they did it." And I love that. That's and again, me. And again, it mm-hmm. points back to community. Mm-hmm. These these other people in this in this sphere that are dealing with these issues, these 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 tough times, are ringing that bell. Yes, and celebrating. Again, everything points back to community. Everything points back to your love for that person's. You don't even know them, right? But because you're going through this same battle, mm-hmm. you have this connection that uh, we celebrate. It can't be broken. I mean, it's like it's amazing, and wow. So. Well, very cool. I, again, I could sit here and talk for three more hours about all this. <laughs> um, and honestly, if you wanted to bring some, like if you had somebody else, like, like you said, like you're one of your sorority sisters or something, mm-hmm. if you wanted to have a continue this conversation in a later date, I'd love to have you back on, maybe bring somebody else and have okay. like a, you know, a group conversation about this and to continue, because again, community, it's not one and done, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just everybody that comes that. on. Please, if you want to set that up, we can do it. We okay. can do it anytime and then I can release it. I might release it six months later just okay. to keep it mixed up but, or something like that. But uh, please, if you, I'd love to do that. Um, so I guess before we get to our, the end of the show, the recommendations we do, what do you have? And you kind of already said it with your silver lining comment, but do you have any, one, anything final, any closing thought other than that? Or is that pretty much what you no, want? that's pretty much, you know, live life, be happy. Look for happy. Mm-hmm. Look for things that make you happy. And surround yourself with people that make you happy. Yes, and be intentional. I, I would f- say, too, like, Somebody else, a, a, a leader I know, says, like, be careful who you let in your room, mm-hmm. you know, like metaphorically. But like once you let somebody in your life, you really can't get them out. Right. You know, it's like because even if you let somebody in, you know, if, be careful about that, because even if you don't see them anymore physically, there's still things that they do say the effect they had on you still lingers in your mind. Right. For, for the rest of your life. So just be I think that's just be who you surround yourself with is a critical thing. Yes. Um, to keep in mind, be, be very guarded about that. So, but anyway, well, very cool. Well, let's get into our recommendations. And for the listeners that, um, or maybe this is your first time listening, I always explain. Effectively, what I'd like to close out every episode with is a recommendation for both me and the guest. They just, it could be anything. It could be tangible, intangible. It could be completely unrelated. It can be completely related to the conversation. And it's just a fun way to kind of end it and kind of lighten it up a little bit, especially for the more heavier episodes so what is your recommendation Pam I'm going to recommend Tostitos chips that have a hint of guacamole they are so good and I I don't know if they're seasonal or what but they're kind of hard to find and I ate some right before I came that's my treat and I can't ever find them I have to have them shipped in well, so, there you go. I'll have to, can you I, 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 I'm assuming I can get it on Amazon probably. yes you can on Amazon or walmart.com okay so just, what do you love about them the most it's well, the... okay, first off, they look gross to me. I okay. mean, they're green. You know, it's like a green tortilla chip. <laughs> but, um, and it's not a pretty green. So we tried them really on a dare to begin with, and they are the best chips ever. I mean, they're great with salsa. They're great with guacamole. There you go. <laughs> they're great plain. 
they're just super good. There you go. I love <laughs> and that. And they make me smile. Well, there you go. Hey, what better, you know, <laughs> exactly. that's, it might be why they don't have them so widespread because it's almost like you have to, you almost have to already love them to buy them because they mm -hmm. they look gross. You said. They so, do. So maybe they just but keep they are them. super good. Well, there you go. So, Highly and, recommend. So, so Tostitos, Tostitos chips with a hint of guacamole. guacamole. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, very cool. Very I also good. like the Tostitos. Might be, might be Tostitos. I can't remember, but I love a chip called, and it's got like a hint of lime. Yes. Probably. Is it Tostitos chip? Uh, maybe. I think I I'm I don't know. Sure. I've had those. I've had those as well, which okay. I like those too. Yes, but. I love those. Well, I'll definitely have to try those out as well because I mean, who who doesn't like a good chip? Exactly. It's like soul food for everybody. Yes. Like everybody likes chips. Yeah. And you can't have one chip. No, you have to eat a bunch. You have to eat a whole <laughs> bag. You know. <laughs> but uh, well, very cool. So my recommendation, and again, I'm going to put links to this to all these recommendations in the show notes. So if you want to find find these, you can scroll down to the bottom of the show notes. They'll be there. Um, my recommendation is Starbucks refills. And this is something that's kind of, I don't even know if I should be telling you this because this is kind of like the Holy Grail. I'm afraid if I let too many people know about this, they're going to stop doing it because I save a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so Starbucks does refills. And if, even if they do free refills, um, but even if you're not a car, like a, like a, if you have that, they're, they're, if you're not a member of their mm -hmm. like Starbucks account, anybody can get a refill for 50 cents. Um, of any size of, of, of non-specialty drinks. So like standard coffees, iced coffees, hot coffees, teas. Um, but, it, but if you have a membership with them, which just means you basically have a card and you have like there's different levels. Have you have that. the app. Yes, I have the app. You can get a refill as long as you are there. You have to be physically there. Um, if you leave and come back, they won't do it. But okay. it's free refills on non-specialty drinks. So what I get is the... I get they, I'm surprised they have probably a button on the cash register that says Austin because I'm there so much. <laughs> but it's Trenta iced coffee, three stevia, extra cream, and no classic syrup. And I just sit there and I'll just take my laptop and I'll work there for four, five, six hours sometimes. And I'll just go refill after refill. I'll, I usually can only do about three of them though because it's a 30 ounce drink. So, I mean, <laughs> we're, talking, we're talking yeah. quarter of a gallon, approaching two thirds of a gallon. Or, or three quarters of a gallon if I do three. But so I try not, but you know, and you could get a smaller drink and just keep going and keep going. But they wow. did. And I love it. And a lot of people don't know about it. They tell me, I, you know, I'm one of the only people that use this free refill or even refills in general because they don't advertise. I it. didn't know you could do refills, period. Yeah. And that's, people say Starbucks is expensive and I'm doing air quotes, but they are the cheapest. They are actually the cheapest. I shouldn't say the cheapest, but the most um, cost affordable or cost um, effective mm -hmm. coffee shop because you can do the refills. No other coffee shop in Rome will do, I go to, I go, there's another local shop that I go to. Do you guys do refills? They look at me like I'm crazy. And, and then Starbucks does. Yeah, Starbucks is it just does. our Starbucks or is that every across Starbucks, the board? Every Starbucks nationwide, every Starbucks oh. in the world, at least in America. I, mm -hmm. I mean, of course I've been to Starbucks in other countries and they did too. So yeah, I believe, I can't remember, but yes. Wow. It's, it's, um, and you can just sit there and and I just, but not like fraps, not mm -hmm. like, uh, not like uh, the specialty teas, but just plain teas and coffees. I'm going to have to share that with my husband. Please do. He's going to be thrilled. Please do. <laughs> I love it. And my daughter. She'll love it. Yeah. So, well, very cool. Awesome. Well, that, uh, and there's not really a link I can put in there for that, mm -hmm. but, you know, but you're, I know. will put the link for your, your, your chips there in the, link, <laughs> in the show notes, but, but. There's your life hack for the day. There you go. Well, That's Pam, my goodness, thank you so much for coming on and into the podcast. And please um, keep me posted if you want to have more okay. a more collective conversation with some additional mm -hmm. folks. I would love to do that. Mm -hmm. 
my gosh, what an amazing conversation. What an amazing story. And just, I hope people listening to this, like your whole thing is you want people to smile. I hope this made someone smile. I hope so. This made one person smile. We've both done our job for the day. We can go home and sleep well. Yes, right? definitely. So, <laughs> so, well, very cool. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for having me.